how does our perception of time change as we age and how does it impact? That's two questions. (laughs) That's two questions. (laughs) Okay. Give me the one question at a time and then I will answer the other. This is already not going well. I swear to God. Oh my God. When I just a couple of dollars to fire this man, please, please. I need a new sound guy, please. All right, what's the question? How did you want the whole thing or just Well, now I'm now I'm just totally rattled. Hey everyone, I'm Isabel Estevez and we are celebrating the fourth episode of my podcast, Every Day Above Ground, where we're talking life and the opportunity to live every single day like it's your last. The interwebs have told me that over 90% of people do not make it to episode four, but I am here today. I will tell you I didn't want to be here, but my brother woke my ass up, and so here I am, staying on track, filming episode four. I've actually already got episode five filmed, so just so you know, I am over here breaking barriers. I hope you're out there doing the same. I know someone out there will celebrate with me, so please do so now. I'm super excited. Before we dive into my last agent of change, I want to recap the other two. A few weeks ago, we discussed the butterfly, representing the idea that change is possible by going from the caterpillar to the butterfly. If you haven't already listened or watched, shame on you because I spent an awful lot of time on those slides. But it's okay, I forgive you. Please do so now, if you haven't, to make sure that you're caught up. Next, I had MMA fighter Josh Snow join me for my second agent of change, the bird. I referenced the phoenix as my favorite bird, and Josh referenced the pterodactyl, (laughs) which is, yes, okay, fine, we know. The phoenix is not real once and for all, fine, and the pterodactyl is extinct, but the point is, Sky is the limit in terms of your capability, if you believe it is. So we've got the butterfly, the bird, and now my last agent of change is my personal favorite, the turtle. Man, do I love turtles. Ninjas, Leonardo, of course. Chocolates and plain old greenbacks moving slow across the street or floating around in the water in my neighborhood. They don't always love me back. I can tell you, as a matter of fact, when I see them, they're very jerky in my neighborhood. Um, I always try to run to tell them hello, and then they just like scurry away in the water. Not very nice, fine, Mr. Turtle. And then one time I even freaking tried to save one, I pulled it, saved it to help it cross the street. And then it freaking just went and started to like walk right back into oncoming traffic. So the turtles in my neighborhood, long story long, are not very appreciative, but I digress. It's not, I'm not lodging a complaint against the turtles. Let's get back to the idea of change and what the turtle actually represents. So for me, the turtle represents the idea slow is fast. If we're talking real fundamental change, you're not going to life hack your way through it. So if you said, Isabel, how long is it going to take me to lose 10 pounds? Or 
how long is it going to take me to learn the piano? Or how long will it take me to get over my ex? The only real and true fair answer I could give you is just to say it's going to take as long as it's going to take. And I know that's not the answer you want because it's for damn sure not the answer I wanted either on various things that I have tried to change throughout my life. So naturally, what I always did was find ways to speed things up, to try to fit square pegs and round holes, guesstimating, and then becoming depressed when I couldn't successfully lose 10 pounds in one week. Don't get me wrong. In theory, there were times things like that worked, right? So like there were times where let's say I had three months to lose weight prior to a wedding that I was going to attend and uh, I blew, you know, two and a half months of that time saying that I had plenty of time to catch up and then I scrambled to lose 10 pounds in three weeks. Doable? Sure. Like I said, I've done it. But was it sustainable? No. Because I was trying to cheat the idea of time. As silly as it may sound, the story of the tortoise and the hare is an age-old fable with a solid lesson that no one, particularly in the age of technology, wants to hear. We all want the shortcut, the quick fix, the hack. To tie it all the way back to my weight loss journey of losing 50 pounds and being able to keep it off, was a slow change that allowed me to see the fastest and most lasting results as counterintuitive as it sounds. And I'll tell you the game changer for me was taking the viewpoint of the turtle. How long will it take him to cross the road? As long as it takes. The time, if you will, is going to pass anyway. And to that extent, what is even time? What are we even talking about? It's a question that I've struggled with for so long, but once I got it, it changed my perception for good. I once watched a video by this mental life coach, Derek Grant, who explained this idea that time was really just a measurement, further reinforced by the great Albert Einstein, who said, quote, time is relative. Its only worth depends upon what we do as it is passing. And as I sat with this idea for years, years, I'm finally at a point where I understand, do or don't, the time is going to pass anyway. And what does any of that matter? If life is a journey, not a destination, which, okay, fine, is also a line from an Aerosmith song. The song is titled Amazing. In that lyrical masterpiece, as a matter of fact, the full line is, and how high can you fly with broken wings? Life's a journey, not a destination. And I just can't tell what tomorrow brings. You have to learn to crawl before you learn to walk. But I just couldn't listen to all that righteous talk. I can't sing. It's okay. I love Aerosmith. Uh, man, now that I think about it, uh, that song in my Agents of Change like might have been just this long-winded riff of that song. It's okay. Anyway, 
The point is, whether you take it from me, Derek Grant, Albert Einstein, or Aerosmith, we all stole the idea of patience and time from the turtle. That's a story I'm going to tell myself at least. I struggled bad to lose those last five to 10 pounds because I was always trying to anchor the loss to some deadline. And when that deadline didn't happen, let's say I wanted to lose five pounds in a week and that didn't happen, I'd be gutted. I'd quit. I'd throw in the towel. I'd be frustrated. And at some point I had to realize there's, there's no time. Like what was I really anchoring the idea of weight loss to time for? Because if it was just for a wedding or just, you know, uh, to lose 10 pounds before summer or whatever it is, what I was doing was I was telling my mind that there was a beginning and end to my weight loss journey. Further, if I didn't reach that goal in the time that I set, that it was almost like a waste of time. And forget about all the effort and the good things that I had done because I was so focused on the time element of it that I didn't appreciate any of it. And so as I think about the turtle and again, like just this idea of him, he knows he's going to cross the street but he's going to do it on his his time. The tortoise and the hare. The hare over overestimating its own ability and underestimating the tortoise. That's how he lost. So if I think about the things that I've ever wanted to change in life and the things that I'm trying to do now, I, we could even say this podcast is one. Why most people, I think, don't make it to episode four is because by the third They think that they're going to have 100 million subscribers and be the next Mr. Beast. And when that doesn't happen by the third episode, they're like, if this, this takes too much time, this takes too much effort, I'm never going to see results. And so people quit. I am filming this episode for today. I had a very long day at work off of a very long weekend. And to be honest, I didn't want to do it. I was, I, I'm so serious that when my brother rolled up, I was snoring in my bed on like a seven minute nap. One day, one day I will fire my brother, <laughs> but up until this point, I need him and he pushed me through to get through this episode. And to be honest, I'm glad that I did. I didn't let the idea of time in this instance get the best of me. Because if I think that at some point in my life, I am going to lift off this podcast to where I truly believe I can take it as part of demolishing my own self-limiting beliefs and inspiring change within myself, I have to give myself the time and the grace to do it and do it right. And so I'm thankful to be filming this fourth episode. And I think in, in a poetic fashion that it's about the idea of time and having that patience, because I think doing all of that is going to pay off in the long run, like my friend, the tortoise. And so as a bit of a departure, because I am still very much in my infancy of this podcast, 
I've asked my brother, who is also my sound guy. Actually, I was going to say that my my sound guy also doubles as my brother, but whatever. I missed the joke. Too late. Um, so I was going to just have him ask me a couple of questions about time rather than kind of sitting here and reading from a prompter to just give you like an initial reaction to what I think. And by no stretch am I Albert Einstein or Aerosmith. I'm pretty close. I'm fairly certain. But you know, I'm not. So take everything that I say with a grain of salt and maybe just an enjoyable thing to listen to and pass time with. Any day now, sir. How does our perception of time change as we age? How does our perception of time change as we age? Some people may never change their perception of time. Time may never feel like enough. I know my perception of time drastically changed at a very early age when my dad, when our dad suddenly passed away um, and like right before our eyes. And so me personally, I've always thought about time a little differently. And I don't even know that it's necessarily a good thing because for me, time was like there was just never enough of it. Like I was always fearful about the idea of running out of time to do the things that I wanted to do. So perception of time, how I think it's changed for me I worry less about how much time is left and focus more on the idea of it's going to pass anyway. What can I do today? What change? What what can I do differently? It's literally why I name my podcast Every Day Above Ground and say that every day is a new opportunity to, to live. You know, if you don't like what you did the day before, we're on a big floating rock that's you know, going around in a circle, change, do something different. You could literally do whatever it is that you want. And so for me, that's changed because rather than focusing on how much time do I got left, I'm focused on what can I do and what can I do next? Like time be damned. And I think even as it relates to something like weight loss, when I let go of this measurement, if you will, to say, okay, I need to lose 10 pounds by X date and shifted my mindset into, I want to eat healthier to best position myself to live. It changed. And the minute that that changed, the weight just started, you know, I hate to be one of those people that's like, eh, the weight just started melting off. But literally like those 10 pounds that I struggled to lose came off in no time. So that's the first part of the question. What's the second part? How does it impact our perspective on life? Which you practically answered. Which I basically, so how does that impact the perspective of life? Which I basically answered. That is why I put myself in the ranks with Albert Einstein and Derek Grant and Aerosmith. So that's why I shouldn't be able to read the whole question. Okay. Question. As I mentioned, one day, listeners and watchers, there will come a place in time where my brother will no longer have the unpaid job that I've given him. Okay? One day it's going to happen, but we shall not measure 
when that day will be. And instead, we're going to focus on being the best podcast that I could possibly be to fire my brother, who does sound. The nice, sir. Next question. Can you explain the concept of time dilation and how it affects our experience of time in different situations? Can I? What? Where did you get these questions from? What do I? I said I'm like Albert Einstein. I didn't say I don't, I don't have a science degree. Time, next question. Time dilation is. I don't know what time dilation is. I I don't barely I don't even know what dilation was when I was pregnant. Okay? Just give me another question. It's the worst idea I've ever. Worst idea. What role does time play in shaping our memories and how do our memories influence our self centric self? What role does time play? I think actually that's a good question. All right, you maintain your job for one more day. So the question is really around the idea of what is time as it relates to the past? And I think that this is a great question because we tend to anchor so many thoughts and emotions to the past. And if I think about, you know, not to go back to this example, but my dad passing, it was like, how long are you going to feel sad? The crazy thing is like, the action has already happened, right? He, he's passed, he's gone. But the emotions and the feelings and the unresolved grief I carried that on my shoulders for years, for almost 30 years of my life. And it wasn't until I began to look at everything, including time, on this idea of it being like on a pole, this idea of polarity. So if we have things like happy and sad, it's like, if where are we on the spectrum of that pole, right? Past future. Where are we? Where are our feelings? Where are our emotions? So I think as it relates to the past in time, the measurement of how long would it take someone to begin to accept, let's say, the passing of another person, it has nothing to do with time. It has everything to do with going through and living in and experiencing the emotions and letting go of those things there's really no no measurement of anything if something bad happened to you when you were young you could carry that forever and there's people who do there's people who take harbor anger and resentment and they carry that with them all the way to the grave um there's this thing that i heard a long time ago and i want to say it was tammy faye i don't know how true this is but tammy faye said that in like ancient egypt as part of a punishment in life if you killed another individual that your punishment was to carry that individual on your back until eventually that killed you and 
I'm not sure why I thought about that right now, but I really think it's kind of this idea of like the perception of time and grief and sadness and anger and all these things that we carry with us. That if we don't work through those emotions, eventually it's like carrying a dead body on your back and eventually it gets the best of you. It manifests through things of stress, depression, anxiety, sleepless nights, uh, weight gain, weight, severe weight loss, you know, emotional eating. And so it's like time to, to me, like time doesn't even really matter in any of that. And yet we anchor these things to time. We anchor so much to time. And the thing is, it doesn't really exist. It's just, if we look at it as a measurement, who's to say we're even measuring it right? Who's to say, you know, Derek Grant also talks about this idea of like, we're measuring between two spaces. If he was to drop a ball in the center and that collapses, then we change time because it's just a measurement. So I really do think of, of anything that I've, I've dealt with. And I think about like these ideas of change and why the turtle is so important is because like I said, regardless of how you measure time, it's going to pass. Think about it in a different way rather than focusing on the clock, focusing on the hours, the minutes, the days, the weeks, the months, the years. Focus on the action of doing something because it's it's going to pass anyway. Excellent question, sir. Next question. Does the concept of time impact our decision-making process? How does the concept of time impact our decision-making process? I think that's just it. We anchor too much to time. We say we're going to lose five pounds in a week. And that's, you know, depending on how much weight loss you have, that's an attainable goal. However, when we anchor that idea of time to losing five pounds rather than just focusing on the on eating better foods, making better decisions, being more aware of when we're emotional eating, we're focused on, I got to lose five pounds in a week because that's what I said. That's the goal that I set. So I think oftentimes when we think about time itself, we get way too caught up in the idea of time rather than the action that we'll use to do something within an allotted amount of time. And so I think oftentimes time works against us if we look at it for being more than just a measurement. How can we make better choices by understanding this so by recognizing how can we make better choices by understanding its influence, just that if you begin to look at time as a measurement, nothing more than a measurement between, let's say, five pounds. So if you're 135 pounds, your goal is to get to 130 pounds. You don't think about the time that it's going to take you to get in between there. You instead think about, okay, what how can I plan out my meals for the week so that I'm not guessing my food? When I go to the fridge, am I really hungry or am I frustrated about something and I'm emotional eating? Do I really need a second piece of cake? 
Sometimes the answer might be yes. I don't know. Sometimes it was for me. But it's like when you change that, when you reframe the perception of time, that's when I say it begins to move fast because you've lost track of the time and you're instead focused on the journey and making the small changes that are going to get you to where you want to be faster. How does the concept of time as it relates to connectivity and technology impact our perception of time? I would say over the last 10 years, I mean, greatly, greatly. With the introduction of the internet and social media and things of that nature. So I, I've been off social media for 15 years. I'm just now getting back on. And it's very interesting because we live in a world of now. And as technology continues to come to us at you know ludicrous speed and as everything is just you know a, a life hack uh how do we do this faster 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 we are not taking enough time to really understand and and do things in a methodical way because we're always looking for the shortcut right if I'm if I have anxiety, how do I get over it in a month? How do I get over it in a day? Rather than focusing on what are what is a change I can make right now? What books can I read? What we're we're always looking for the fastest change possible and that's because we're we're just we live in a world of now. And I think if we just took a moment to pause and accept the time is going to pass and rather than say, okay, I have this crippling anxiety. How do I get over it in 30 days? It's, I have this crippling anxiety. What change could I make today? What might I do to help me get over that? Might I go see a therapist? Might I watch, you know, long form videos on YouTube? Might I get a book? We can begin to reframe and retrain our brains to focus less about the idea of time, and more about the action. Can you discuss the psychological and emotional effects of feeling time poor or consistently rushed and how we can find a healthier balance? So first he gave me a scientific question and now he gave me a psychological one and I am not equipped to answer the psychology behind time poor, but what I can tell you is what has been working for me lately is just thinking about the things that I have to do when I start to feel overwhelmed about time or being on a deadline or feeling rushed. I give myself grace. I accept that I am one person. And I am going to do everything that I possibly can to get the things done that I said I was going to do. But if they do not happen, the world will continue to turn and the sun will continue to shine. Every day it's going to rise regardless. And it's in that acceptance that again, I've actually found myself more proficient. It's really helped me. Just think about time 
on a pole. I can't do anything to change the past. I can't control the future. All I can do is be here in the present moment. So I would say focusing more on the idea of being in the present moment has really helped me shift the thought, the idea around time and the overwhelm that sometimes the idea of time and deadlines cause. If in the most simplest form, if I'm at work, it's literally communicating to my boss, okay, I know this is on fire. I understand this is urgent, but I would like to give you this once. I would rather not be so focused on the idea of time, turn it in wrong so that you have to turn it back to me and say that this is all wrong and now costs us more time. I would rather take the time up front, do it right. And then we've probably cut, you know, time and expectation in half. I think there's a, something that says measure twice, cut once. And it's that principle, especially at work, that I follow the most. Do you think Casio is a legitimate watch or just a wrist cut one? Do I think Casio is a legitimate watch or just a calculator? I asked my brother who is also my sound guy, and today my question asker, to give me good, legitimate questions that I could genuinely respond to my listeners. And because there's probably 1.5 listeners out there, he thinks that he can throw me a question about a Casio watch that also doubles as a calculator. As a question about time, I just want listeners, because one day people will go back and to listen, to understand the foolery that I have to deal with. I'm sitting with my Velcro dog that won't leave my side down here and my ridiculous brother with his questions, who's just off like in hysteria laughing his ass off because he thinks this is funny. Everybody knows that Casio is a calculator. Next question. Can't stand you. Can you share any practical strategies or techniques for managing time effectively and finding more fulfillment in our daily lives? The question is if I can offer any advice for time management and how to better effectively use our time. And I would say, in terms of effective time management, most certainly in all aspects of life you likely feel like you don't have enough time because you don't have boundaries established with people. And so you take on all of these things and you're like, yes, I can do that project in a week. Yes, I will help you move on Saturday. Yes, I will walk your dog. Yes, I will do this. I will do that. You are constantly saying yes. And probably rarely ever saying no. That causes you to eat up a lot of your time. The other thing that eats up a lot of time too that I think was a huge change for me was this idea that we all get the same 24 hours in a day. If we're lucky, it's in how we spend them. If you spend them watching TV, watching movies, uh, watching video after video or meme or gif 
on Instagram and TikTok and all, and you watch snaps of your, you know, friend who's doing whatever that they do in TikToks and that, you have the time, you're just not using it wisely. So in terms of time management, do a time audit. Just take one day, one day, wake up, track how you spent that time, what you spent that time on, and then think about, okay, is this an effective use of my time? It's one of my favorite things to say at work. Um, yeah, I could do that, but that's not an effective use of my time. And I say that because I could be doing something else that's of far more value. And instead, you have me doing this, this other task that is not an effective use of my time. So could I do it? Yeah, sure, your time's going to pass anyway. But if you want to get the best and most out of me, I'm better served doing X, Y, and Z for you. So my decision about six-ish years ago to start the idea of giving up TV because I was watching Real Housewives of whatever, binge watching it, and saying, and in the same breath saying I didn't have time to lose weight, to further my education, to grow my career. Once I got rid of the distraction of television and movies, my growth was exponential because now I was managing my time differently. I have somewhat of a set schedule every day where I get up, I meditate for about 25 minutes in silence, and then I go about to plan the rest of my day out. Sometimes if I have enough time, I'll exercise in the morning and then I'll get to work. And then after work, I will work on growing my podcast or growing my social media because that's the next step for me of things that I want to do in life. The flip of that is when someone says, hey, have you seen the latest Netflix? No, couldn't, couldn't tell you what the latest show is. Uh, I'm just using my time differently. So I would say in terms of time management, reflect on how you're spending 24 hours and see if you really feel like that's an effective use of your time in helping you reach the goals and achieve the things that you want to achieve. As I round out my agents of change and I think about that butterfly, the bird and this turtle, the idea that slow is fast, that if you reframe the idea of time and recognize that the turtle is going to cross the road regardless. It doesn't really matter. All that turtle is focused on is like not getting hit by a car and getting to where it wants to go. Then I think you begin to really shift into a whole other mindset where the idea of change the, the very thing that you want to change and the time that it's going to take to do it all begin to align. And before you know it, your goal is reached and then you're on to the next one. That's my episode for today. It's number four, lucky number four. I've surpassed 90%. I did it on seven a seven minute nap, but who's counting anyway because... What is time really? Thank you so much for listening. Or if you're watching, thank you so much for watching. And remember, every day above ground is a great day.
time portal, time travel. I would have taken any of those. Have you taken a Rick and Morty question? No, I don't know who Rick and Morty are. <laughs> I don't know if they're good people, if they're smart. Rick Sanchez is a smart person. I have no idea who Rick Sanchez is either.